If you're like me, you might hear estate planning and go, ugh, gross. You might think to yourself, I'm not sure why I'd bother with that. Estate planning is only for the uber rich. Tallgrass begs to differ. Tallgrass founding attorneys Laurel and Riley think everyone should have an estate plan. They know estate planning seems untouchable to a lot of folks, like something you have to do inside a stuffy law firm of Stuffy McLawyer Pants Esquire. But I promise you, Tallgrass is nothing like that. For one, they work out of their home so their clients can feel at home. They obsess, because they're nerds, over making clients feel like they belong and are supposed to be there. Also, their kids might make an appearance. They will take time to answer all of your questions, even the uncomfortable ones. They will work relentlessly to make sure your plan is exactly what you need to feel secure and at peace. So if you've been putting off planning for what's going to happen after you've gone, it's time for you to give Tallgrass a call at 918-770-8940 and start your plan today. Or visit their website at tallgrassestateplanning.com and schedule a free initial consultation. For free! It's right there on the website. And of course, there's more, because this is a podcast ad. If you tell them you're a Pot for Good listener, they're going to take 25% off their service fees. Just tell them Pot for Good sent you. Stop thinking estate planning isn't for you and give Tallgrass a call today at 918-770-8940 or on their website, which I'm not going to read out to you again. It's in our show notes. Thank you, Tallgrass. Welcome to another episode of Pod for Good, a podcast where we learn from those doing good in Tulsa, why they care, what we can do, and most importantly, what you can do. Pod for Good is produced and edited by Ran Productions and can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. If you enjoy what we do here, please make sure to subscribe and share this episode on social media, as well as support us on our Patreon page. Yes, we have one. It'll be in the show notes. We should probably shout out to any Patreons we maybe have gotten recently. Yes, to our one Philanthropod supporter, the wonderful, fantastical Joya Cleveland. That's for you, Joya. Uh, I am, as always, your chief philanthropod and class clown for Justice Alpha, Jesse Ulrich. And I am your vice admiral philanthropod and class clown infinity, Chris Miller. All right, fine. It's, it's a competition now? All right, fine. It's always a competition. That's true. That's fair. Anyway, most more importantly, our guest this week is Ben Vondrely, the CEO of The Root Coworking Space. We talked to Ben about the future of work, The Root's new uh, awesome co-working space on Route 66, and we talk all about WeWork. So much uh, WeWork. So much WeWork. And chairs. And a great conversation about chairs. Chairs are important. Yes. We all need that back support and lumbar support. Enjoy. We are very excited to have Ben Vondrely on the podcast today. Ben, how you doing? Thank you. Uh, uh, listeners, they're applauding because I got his last name. I edited out all the times I did not get it right. but <laughs> That was perfect, Jesse. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Nailed it the first time. First time, <laughs> Jesse. That's what they call me. Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Doing great, guys. How are you? Uh, doing good. I'm well. I never want to tell people I'm feeling fine because that feels like just the answer you say when you don't want to tell people how you're actually <laughs> feeling. So I'll be like, I'm feeling good. It feels good. So, yeah, um, it's really the only answer. True. 
doing great. I mean, I feel like if I, if I tell people I'm doing great, I'm like bragging and that feels weird. So, <laughs> well, I am, I'm just coming out of COVID. I had COVID the last few days and I'm on the other side of it now. So I am definitely doing great. There you go. Yeah. Jesse, you could just say you're meeting expectations. Ooh, I like you're that. Just, you're a solid, you're a solid three right now on a yeah, scale of five. I'm a solid C plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like most days I feel like a B minus, which is good. Yeah, I'll take it. Mm. So average. that's right. There it's you go. Above average. Really, that's all I ever wanted in life to be above average. So <laughs> I'm never going to be the top. So anyway, this is not going to turn into a therapy session about me and my self-worth. If, if listeners want to hear that, listen to any of our previous episodes of Pot for Good. But Ben, you are the co-founder and CEO of the Root co-working space. And my first question for you is, you were living in Denver, right? As the story goes. And you decided to move back to yep. Tulsa and open up a co-working space. How did that happen? Yeah, it's a little backwards. So my background is in commercial real estate. So after college, I, I moved out to Denver and I worked with a lot of tenants who were looking for office space. So my specialty was working with tech companies and kind of smaller companies that were needing help with their real estate decisions and helping them navigate those certain channels. And so for me, I kind of fell in love with the concept of co-working. A lot of my clients, they came out of co-working spaces because they were startup tech companies for the most part. And they had two or three employees initially, and, and then they grew to a point where they just grew out of the co-working spaces. And we had to find them office space and working with working through co-working spaces and getting to see like just the daily, I guess, transactions that were going on and how companies were viewing co-working and how it blew up in a market like Denver really kind of attracted me to wanting to do kind of that same thing, but in a market like Tulsa. I mean, you guys both know how attractive Tulsa has been and is over the past five, 10 years. And it's going to continue to only go up with all of the things that are going around town. And, and so with me being from Tulsa, I think I always envisioned coming back at some point, um, trying to learn as much as I could in a larger market and try to apply some of that knowledge and uh, and skill that I had in Denver and, and apply it to a market like Tulsa. So from what you picked up in a larger market, what makes a good co-working space? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole host of things. I, I think at its core, co-working really thrives when they have a good community behind the, the space in general. I mean, anyone can design a really cool, creative space that's going to attract a lot of companies and a lot of individuals. But without that community feel and that community aspect, you really are just another office space. So we feel like we've got over 200 members here at The Root here in East Village. And a lot of our members, they utilize some of our events that we have going on and our networking, happy hour type events to really network with other companies and other individuals to have that community feel. And I think it's something that a lot of a lot of people have lost during the pandemic. Working from home and not having that interaction every day, people are really wired to to need that human interaction. Long story short, I think that community feel and and having that hospitality arm as well where our members feel welcome coming into our space and that our team is always here if if they need anything. 
having combining all those elements really kind of make up a, a solid co-working space. So like you, you opened in 2019, correct? Yes. October of 2019. Uh, hmm. That's fine. That's when I started my business. So you had there you go. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. You had six months before the pandemic hit? Five? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> it was scary. It was terrifying. I think if you asked me how we would navigate the pandemic and I think initially we were, we were all terrified. We didn't know how long it was going to last. I mean, I didn't think it was going to last two years, two plus years. I mean, COVID's flipped the way companies think about their workspace and how they office and their real estate needs. It's kind of, it's no longer about the daily physical workspace. It's, all about flexibility and providing a environment that attracts new employees and keeps the employees that they have. I mean, companies all over the world that are going to this hybrid work model where they, you know, spend half of the week at home working from home uh, and the other half going into the office. And so for us, that it's really, it's really helped our business grow. And so I think a lot of companies have also decided that co-working can be a solution for them, whether they believed it or not prior to the pandemic. I don't know, but we have companies of all shapes and sizes that you probably wouldn't assume would fit the mold of being a co-working tenant or a co-working member. But because of how the pandemic has really reshaped this whole environment, a lot of companies are saying, hey, co-working can be a solution for me. Yeah, that brings up an interesting point because I think most people, when they think about co-working space, they think of what you talked about before. They think about startups or maybe a small business or sole proprietor that just needs to use your facilities because they don't have the right technology or something like that. So you're seeing, I guess, your customer base shift a little bit to where you're seeing more companies using that as a sort of an alternate office. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's taken on that and also the everyday office for a lot of companies too. I mean, just to give you an example, we have a company here that is has upwards of 50 employees. And back in May of last year, their lease was up. So they were deciding, hey, does it make sense to sign another lease? 90% of our employees are working from home all the time. But we want to give them the option to come into the office, meet with the team internally, or meet with clients. And so they decided to take down a handful of offices that we had available. And we may see five of them a week, we may see 40 of them a week. And it really just gives these types of companies the flexibility to use the space as they need. I was just talking to somebody, you're like, looking for homes. And I'm like, when are we going to see it's gonna be a while because building new homes is difficult already. But when are we going to see this sort of revolution happen with people's homes where there's like a second entrance for the, the mother-in-law suite being turned into like the home office that people need instead of advertising a bedroom that can be turned into an office, like rooms that are specifically designed to be offices. The co-home work share. We'll work on that name. <laughs> Co-living uh, space. Ugh, Ooh, that that sounds like a, a <laughs> hostel, like a hostel type of uh, situation there. But I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, it depends it, on how you view work, I guess. There are things out there that exist like that. And it's interesting because it's somebody is so attached to their home because it's 
obviously where they live and, and it has um, that emotional aspect to it. So I think it becomes a little bit more difficult to rent out parts of your home for people to use on a temporary basis, unless it's truly like an Airbnb that you're using as an investment property. But yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It, 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 yeah. Something, I mean, just like a kind of a interesting example where I'm working on on the floor, I work downtown in the big tower and my floor is basically due for renovation. And it's the first one in this sort of post work from home world that we're all in now. And part of the design was to figure out a different way to office. And so mm -hmm. we took a section of the floor that's going to be shared offices. So there's going to be for the first time, less seats than people to try to test it out. Now, not everybody on the floor wanted to do that. Some people still very firmly feel like they need their own desk, but there were a group of about 20 people who are willing to, to try that out. And yeah. I, I think you're going to see that sort of co-working style situation find its way into some of uh, corporate real estate to where companies are going to build their own almost co-working spaces. And there's going to be more focus on collaboration areas and less on individual offices and individual desks. It's absolutely happening all over the world currently. I mean, you, you look at some of the biggest landlords and commercial developers across the country, and they are they may chop up a few of their floors to smaller tenants that are spec suites or cater to a co-working need. And just so, I, I mean, the, what we do, we partner with landlords and property owners to essentially drive revenue to their property because we believe that the future of co-working is landlords and property owners coming together with co-working operators. They want to they have a number of unused vacant space in their building and they obviously want to fill that. But the days of the five to 10 year leases are pretty numbered, at least from what we've seen over the last couple of years. And so in order to build out their building to drive revenue and also enhance their property, they're partnering with co-working operators such as ourselves, such as uh, Common Desk and WeWork and some of the larger co-working operators uh, around the world. And they're solving that problem for these property owners and for these developers because they don't want to run a co-working business, but they ultimately want to have this real estate revenue coming through to their specific property. And so that's the conversation that we're having every day with various landlords. So you mentioned WeWork. So I've got to ask, have you watched all the documentaries or read about the upcoming movie and does the scandal around that, does it impact you all in any way? I'm just curious if the scandal around a major co-working <laughs> space, if that impacts you at all. So I have seen all the documentaries and I've actually read the book as well. Kind of a nerd when it comes to uh, the co-working industry. Yeah, it's a crazy story. I, To be honest with you, it doesn't really affect us here in a market like Tulsa because WeWork is not in Tulsa. I've talked with other co-working operators in Denver and San Francisco and at other larger markets where you see uh, a large WeWork presence. And uh, they've gotten a lot of negative feedback, I think, from people who just assume 
all of the you know poor business decisions that went on with WeWork and went through WeWork have negatively affected the co-working industry as a whole. But at the end of the day, I think that they, I think people realize that the issues behind all of that were directly related to this narcissistic CEO that was having a little too much fun on the company's dime. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for what happened with WeWork. But you can see since he has been booted and they've kind of restructured their company, they're kind of on the up and up. And I think people are starting to resonate a little bit more with WeWork and are a little bit more acceptable of WeWork. What was something that you went into this project thinking that you now realize, like, either your perspective has changed on it or a whole new avenue opened up once you actually started running a co-working space? Yeah, I think that the opportunities for us have definitely increased. If you look at Tulsa as a whole, we only had two, essentially two or three co-working spaces prior to us opening. And then since we opened, if you look at, if you consider a co-working space at 10, 000, over 10,000 square feet, it's really us and 36 degrees north. Now you see a lot of other small shops open up in or around the Tulsa area. And it gives us the opportunity to, to expand into these other sub-markets around Tulsa because the knowledge around co-working and the demand for the flex office has obviously increased. And so I, I don't know if you told me three years ago, where would we be in terms of growth and scale of our company? I probably would have said, hey, we're still working on one location. We might be looking at another market, but we're not in a huge hurry because I don't know if the opportunity around Tulsa was large enough at the time to have multiple locations. Now we're talking to three or four different developers in other sub-markets in Tulsa and around Tulsa, and also Oklahoma City, Wichita, Northwest Arkansas. So we're really, I think the opportunity for us to scale quicker has definitely presented itself. How quickly after you opened, did you open up the, your second part? Your second, did, did you start on the second floor and move to the first floor? Yeah, we did it kind of backwards. <laughs> so we, we opened on the second floor only because they, at the time, they didn't want to carve out just 10,000 square feet on the first floor. And that's what we were looking to take on as like our initial investment was 10,000 square feet. We didn't want to bite off more than we can chew at the time. We kind of wanted to test the market and see how it, how it would perform. So we took down 10,000 square feet on the second floor. And then October of this past year, we expanded to the first floor and took on another 15,000 square feet. We have a total of 25,000 square feet in our, in our building. You mentioned that there have been some small operators pop up. Right now, a lot of them are trying to find like what their niche is. Leadership Tulsa put in some co-working space in their new facility to support their members mm-hmm. specifically. 36 degrees north, they've generally try- tried to take on using their space as an incubator. They're trying to grow more into that with the new executive director who's taken over. So what's kind of your niche in co-working? What is your focus? Yeah, so I mean... I think that it's great to create a niche for yourselves, a little different differentiator from you and your competition. But I also think that there's so much opportunity in the market to provide 
a great workspace for a lot of different companies and a lot of different users. And because Tulsa is not a massive market, we don't want to essentially put ourselves in this in a difficult situation to where we only cater to a certain industry or we only cater to a certain demographic. There's a lot of co-working spaces out there that do that, and that's great. But we feel like the differentiator that we have is that we cater to a large number of companies of different industries that are all able to use our space and get the same benefits out of our space that uh, a marketing firm would have, also a law firm and a tech company. And so we feel like there's the ability to provide a space for a wide net of users. What would you say you're not the weirdest, weirdest the wrong way to phrase it, the most surprising company that uses your co-working space? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you kind of the weirdest email that I got right. <laughs> from, it was a guy that wanted to have his woodworking shop use one of our offices to be his woodworking shop, essentially. So he asked if he could bring in all of his, you know, power tools, his saws, <laughs> all of that stuff, and uh, and essentially make tables and furniture from one of our offices. Where you're like, there's and a place called the Fab Lab. We thought about it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we pointed him in the direction of the Fab Lab. Yeah. I, that I, seems I, like that might disturb some of the other people yeah. in the surrounding offices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our walls are fairly insulated, but I think that would cause some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pro- probably good for yeah. so you can't hear each other when you're on the phone, not necessarily for a buzzsaw like, going. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of interesting companies and different users reach out to us. But, you know, I would say that, you know, there's not really a specific company here that's outside the box. We have, I mean, uh, a company that we just, we just signed up recently actually makes board games. That's right. cool. We thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to test board games. It's a co-working space, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. So do you mentioned that you partner with landlords and developers and go in either taking over a space to do, to, build out this co-working do you foresee a time where you start taking on like aspects of existing buildings so let's use there's a lot of real estate in downtown commercial grade real estate high-end technology things like that that is likely going to be if not fully emptying out they're going to be using less and less of it so do you foresee a time where you would start to take on pieces of buildings like that and building out co-working space Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it makes sense, what I like to do from, I'm pretty, I do a lot of our design work. And so for me, being able to be extremely hands-on initially in the design process and being able to lay everything out and it really is like a passion of mine. And so taking on these kind of what, this is going to be a real estate term, but core and shell buildings that you really have a lot of, you can put your mark on and essentially design it from the ground up for the most part is really attractive. If it's something that's kind of plug and play and it's got all these existing elements and it may just need kind of some fresh paint and some furniture, but already has a a cool vibe, we'd be interested in that as well. It's just, if it makes sense to us, 
from a partnership perspective, we want to find the right partners to where they understand our model, they get it, they understand the benefits of co-working and are very progressive in their business making decisions. So it's finding the right partner is, is the biggest priority for us. Yeah, I mean, along those lines, one of the things I was thinking is, is there a time when a company wants, hey, you know what, like I was talking about, we want to keep the space, we're locked in for the next 10 years. But you know what, we're going to consolidate to it. We want to treat it like a co-working space, but we want all of it. Bring in an operator like you to help them mm-hmm. actually run that as a co-working space. We, we could be interested in something like that. I, I think for us, we're looking for partnerships with the actual building owner. Yeah, makes sense. And for just, uh, I mean, these deals that we do are minimum 10 years. So we're looking at these long-term partnerships that we can kind of expand upon. That's ideally what we're looking for, but we're open to conversations. Cool. So, I mean, so going forward, like, what's the, what's the next year, next five years look for the root co-working space? Yeah. In an ideal world, we'll have our three locations in or around Tulsa. We're looking at opening we're actually in the final stages of opening up a, a location. I can't reveal where it's going, but within the next month or so, we should be able to release that news. And then what? we're looking somewhere. Uh, where's your new location going to be? Yeah. So we are going in to a property that's between 11th and 12th and Lewis, Caddy Corner to Mother Road Market. Oh, if nice. you're familiar with that area, it's right next door to Renaissance Brewing. Oh, that's really okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome. Yeah. So it's a 15,000 plus or minus square foot brick building. There's a couple retail tenants that are currently there. I was going to say, is it that new big shops, new big building thing or Mm -hmm. or is it to the, I guess, is it across the street from Renaissance or on is 12? It's on the same side of the street. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think I know where that is. Yeah. There's so you know where the rail, the railroad comes in Yeah. right there. It's kind of tucked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Back over there. That's where the charcuterie store is. I'll have to bleep that part out now too, but (laughs) it's where the blank blank is. All right. That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's a cool space. That's very close. Yeah. And that, that that area is really building up too. So that's cool. We can only finish that construction. It's going to create, it's going to create some issues around parking, (laughs) but it's it's probably, it's a good problem to have Mm -hmm. because with that Noma development that's going in over there and everything else, that, that whole uh, stretch between 11th and 12th and Lewis is going to be a nice place for us to to have an operation. Plus now you'll have a space on new route 66 as well as old route 66. Cause the second was uh, the original route 66. I think it's second there. It was, and mm-hmm. then you'll be right off the new we're, one. Now we're thinking about calling it route 66. Ah, look at that. I mean, it, it, how can you not? <laughs> yeah. Right? It's right? just the writings on the wall there. So doesn't hurt to have a, a brewery next door and a food hall across the street either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. That's going to be everything yeah. that you need. That's going to be a popular space, a popular co-working yeah. space for yep. sure. Again, once the construction's so build, done, if yeah, it's ever exactly. Done. So we're going to build that, uh, that first floor out to be kind of a coffee shop look and feel. So we're going to take our hospitality bar that we currently have here on the first floor and kind of replicate that element to this specific location. So we're going to have an espresso machine and our team is going to be kind of a 
barista operate as a barista as well. So we're going to cool. be able to make those premium coffee drinks for people who just want to stop in, maybe work for the day, work for a couple hours and grab a coffee and then, and then take off. So I think it's going to be a really cool element. Like so it. not to get too far in the weeds, you don't have to go into too much detail if you don't want to. What does it look like if somebody does want to either join or work out one of your spaces? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on what they're looking for. So we offer free day passes for anybody who's interested in trying out our space, who's interested in a membership, but all of our, all of our quote unquote co-working memberships are month to month. So if you're interested in what we call a warm desk, a hot desk and a dedicated desk, those are our three tiers of co-working. So our warm desk gives our members eight days access per month. So it's great for these, uh, for these people who work from home part-time need a place to spend you know the other half of their week working from and our hot desk is kind of the typical co-working membership where you have access during business hours um, unlimited access during business hours and you can work from anywhere in the space that's available not reserved and then our dedicated desk which sounds you know exactly what it is you have your own personal workstation they're all height adjustable desks so you can set up your monitors everything's secured you can leave it as long as you want and that's your specific desk and outside of those co-working, offer, co-working offers, we also have our private offices and our team suites. So our private offices are uh, range anywhere from our two person, our smallest two person office, to our largest ten person office. And then we just launched these new team suites with our expansion space. And essentially, what they are for companies of ten plus people that want to have private offices within a suite. So they have an open space with desk seating, but also a couple private offices built into that suite as well. So that's mainly an offering for kind of our larger enterprise members. That's cool. And so you talked a little bit about that you offer some kind of support services. So what kind of support do you provide for somebody who does become a member? Yeah, so we don't have any technical like reception support. We're not operating over voice IP or other technical secretarial duties, but we do offer, we basically instruct our team to help out as they possibly can. For any of our members are having issues around printing or scanning, copying, that kind of thing, having issues with the internet, which hopefully there aren't any, but ultimately to be there as kind of the person to greet them, to get to know more about them, as get to know more about our members. I think our team does a really good job at being extremely personable and having those relationships with our members, knowing the names of their kids and really getting to know them outside of work. And so just having, it's, it's refreshing when you walk into an office and Jess or Nicole and they they greet you and they ask you about your weekend and they really kind of make it a more an inviting environment to to be in. This is the sort of human, the community element that you referred to before that people might exactly. be missing working from home. Exactly. So this is a fun question. Just as someone who's had to build their own home office over time in the middle of a pandemic, do you have a favorite desk chair? <laughs> Ooh, I've actually gone through quite a few over the last couple months, but if you, I would check out Laura. I don't know if you've heard of the company Laura, but they make a really good chair. 
Here, I don't know if you can see this one right here, but it's uh, nice root orange colors, it's leather, very comfortable. But yeah, I mean, I'm pretty easy to please. So you can give me pretty much anything that's not going to break my back and I'll be okay with. They sell, they sell a lot of chairs. Yeah, we don't sell chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the future. Listen, if you, if you had that woodworking guy come, he could have sold like, <laughs> could have sold chairs right there. I just yeah, built in business. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, next. I, that's the root co-building space or, uh, yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to bleep that too, Chris. <laughs> uh, what? You, are you afraid somebody's going to steal our, that? Our, no, I just, I mean, I guess like, I, I guess I, I guess we can leave that in. Uh, cause it doesn't say where it is. I thought you were going to I thought you were going to say the root 66 space, which uh, I was thinking no, of the bleep, no. but now I'm going to bleep that. I'm going to cut this whole section. <laughs> So <laughs> that went very well. Carp- carpentry co-share. There you go. Carp- carpentry I like co-share. It. I like that. It works. <laughs> well, I mean, l- listen, that's why like places like Fab Lab are great. Like, I don't, maybe you want to make something, but you don't want to buy all this equipment. You can just go there and make yeah. things. And uh, that place is loud. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a need for the, I guess the industrial manufacturing element of co-working as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And you've got the, You've got the food version, but over at Mother Road with Kitchen 66, too, there's clearly mm-hmm. a demand for this type of environment. People want options. They want flexibility. And it's kind of the way that our world is, our world works, but it's also the way of the future, too. Yeah. It's also great for people that even just need like a bridge space. They're not ready for their own office. Maybe they think they're going to get there, but they still need the facility today. And so... These type of spaces, space like yours, can help them get there in a way that they wouldn't be able to just from working from home. Exactly. I mean, you look at Mother Road Market too. I have a buddy who just started a food truck and he was just accepted into their program. And the amount of marketing that Mother Road Market does for these small food trucks and vendors is incredible. And it's great for for him to be able to promote his brand new restaurant business and for us like we do a lot of external marketing too where we promote our members we do a member of the month every month and we you know try to sit down and do like video interviews where they can kind of promote their business and it's free advertising we want to make it we want to make it beneficial for them as well so are there any along those lines are there any sort of local organizations that you find yourself partnering with either with the businesses that are there or externally to help with finding clients or placing people things like that there's a couple organizations that we have in mind. I, I don't know if we can reveal the names of those companies, but you know, I think for us, we just we ultimately, I think we do a pretty good job of kind of steering people in our direction and having those conversations with business owners on why it might be valuable for them to utilize a co-working space. And we've got partnerships with other brokerages around Tulsa, and so. We offer a nice little broker referral program. So if if, if anybody is representing a, a company that might might need some office space and they can't find the options that they are looking for in kind of this direct leasing world, we'd be happy to pay them a, a referral fee. I mean, we work with a lot of brokerages around town, town as well. If our listeners are listening to this, then they're like, this sounds cool. I want to check it out. What should they do? Yeah. I mean, you can do a, a few things. You I mean, first and foremost, come and see us. We're located in the East Village of downtown Tulsa between 1st and 2nd and Hartford. It's kind of a confusing cross street. 
because Hartford was almost created as a alleyway. And so our Google map location takes you to the back of the building. Yes, it does. So come into the front large parking lot and come and see us. We'd be happy to give you a tour. You can also schedule a tour through our website, therootcoworking.com. Follow us on social media. We're pretty active on Instagram. Not on TikTok yet. We're hoping to to get there soon. But I, I think that there's a bunch of different ways that you can check us out. And we've got a lot of great material on our website. But yeah, we'd, be, we'd love to give you a tour. When you're not trying to build out your business, mm, when you're yes. not trying to support your customers and everything else. So what have you been doing to try to keep yourself sane in this crazy world? What have you been doing for fun oh, and to unwind? Really just spending time with family. We're kind of in a crazy situation right now where we've our son just turned three and our daughter just turned one. We're going through the uh, we're going through the potty training phase with our son and with our daughter, she just started sleeping through the night, which is amazing. And we're very happy about that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've always said I'd rather have too much going on than not enough. And so being hectic and living almost in kind of a stressful world is somewhere where I thrive and I, I enjoy it. So yeah, I mean, spending time with family outside of work is always something that I want to do. And having a, a couple of glasses of wine at night with my wife after the kids go to bed, binge watching some Netflix show is not a, not a bad night for us. Right. What, what's so, the last, what, yeah, what's, what, what's the last Netflix thing you binged? Oh man, I don't, I'm too embarrassed to admit it. Oh, no, uh, come on. We've so had some, we've had, so, it. Yeah, we've had so some my, very my, embarrassing my, ones. Yeah. Yeah. Shows people have admitted. So you yeah. can't be the worst one. Yeah. It's true. So, so my wife's a big reality TV fan and I would say that I am also you know, a huge proponent of gossip. And so I like reality TV. We just finished Love is Blind season two. And uh, great, you know, terrible show. I haven't seen it. I have it's great, a, it, great, terrible it's show. The, it's the worst show ever, but it, it keeps you coming back for, more, it does. for sure. It does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could do a whole podcast just on the reunion show. Yeah. I just, on, yeah. A more, I guess, manly note. I just got done with Succession, and uh, absolutely loved it. Great show. If you haven't seen it, I have not. Although the entire internet uh, yeah, wants me the, to watch it, every, the which makes me not want to watch it. But <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I was that way with Game of Thrones for the longest time. Like yeah. all of my friends were like, "Dude, I can't believe you haven't seen Game of Thrones. You have to watch Game of Thrones." And I was almost holding off because I knew I'd watch it someday. I wanted to be that guy that just like hadn't watched it yeah. and i yeah. was one of the very few and of course it, it sucks you in and i binge watched all how many seasons eight. are there 10 eight, eight yeah all eight seasons in less than a year so yeah, yeah. I, I i guess like my, my desire not to watch succession is just i don't need another show about rich people doing rich things right now i'd rather spend <laughs> my time working than watching that at the moment mostly i've just been enjoying murderville at, at, at this, this last week so that show's been fun so I've seen a few few episodes of Murder. Bill. It's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, like you, you can see what's it's kind of surprising who's able to not lose it. Like you don't think a former NFL player is going to be so good at improv and not laughing, uh, and then an actual yeah. comedian can't keep a straight face the entire time. It's pretty great. Yeah. Are you referring to Conan? Conan? No, I was, uh, I was referring to the last episode actually with the, what's his name, the Asian actor from The Hangover and from Community, oh. and mm. he could not laugh in this episode. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. 
but it's a funny show. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, By it's the great, way, if you enjoyed uh, Love is Blind and you haven't watched it yet, you should try out Married at First Sight. It is. Yep. Yeah. I, I can also back that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's another ridiculous concept show that will mm-hmm. suck you in. Jesse, sometimes you don't want to think when you're watching TV. Uh, yeah, I, I have plenty of things that don't make me think that are not reality <laughs> shows. I said it once. I said it again. The first season of Flavor of Love was enough. No, no reality show will ever top that for how I felt while watching it. Because every show is just like Flavor of Love with different people in it to me. Mm. Seeing one grown woman spit on another grown woman, it's really not going to get any trashier than that. So I think I'm good. Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. This was great. And I'm glad you're feeling better. And hopefully no one else in your family gets COVID for until the next strand, whatever it's called. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me. It's been fun. Thank you all for listening to our episode with Ben. Please go check out their space downtown as well as their new space uh, in the Market District, I believe it's called now. So check it out. Get yourself some food across the street and try not to get hit by cars in that crazy construction zone that is currently happening over there. Get that done, Tulsa. As always, please support Pod for Good on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, subscribe and leave us a review. Because again, for, I don't know, the 70th time now, if you leave us a review, we will read it on air. No matter what it says. Even if it's Chris leaving a review, making fun of me. We will read it on air and have. Mm. As always, Tulsa, get it done. I guess we don't have to wear masks now. But just in case... Somehow, there's a listener who, ha- who hasn't gotten vaccinated. Just do it already. I don't want to have to worry about this, even though apparently we're not worrying about this anymore. Also, Broken Arrow, do something about Nathan Dom. I mean, just like, really? Yeah, really. Broken Arrow, you know what? I haven't been saying it the last few episodes, but it's time it's returned. Broken Arrow, get your shit together. Be nice to each other out there. And Broken Arrow, come on. You can do better than this. 